someone who's just growing up with their mother. But at the same time, I didn't like to see him struggle with those type of, you know, strongholds. I'm like, you holding on to somebody who's not really even thinking about you right now. Like, man, it's hard. To, it's hard to just say, man, forget that parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't gonna worry about my dad. He ain't around. He ain't worried about me. Like, it's hard. It's hard for a kid to do that. Like, it's mm. hard. Like, and I even, that's why I say I take my son's thoughts and his feelings in consideration. Like, I take that so serious because I've been in situations where I'd be like, where I've been told, you're a child, your opinion doesn't matter, what you have to say doesn't matter, nobody cares. You're not old enough right now. It doesn't matter. Like it don't matter. Like it oh, does. I hated that one. Yeah, it does matter. <laughs> like I didn't realize. Like I didn't. And then he, I didn't realize a lot of this stuff until after I had him. Mm. Until I started learning different stuff, it was just like, well, why did I just yell at him and tell him to shut up? He was only trying to tell me something. Mm. So when I realized, I was like, all right. So I got changed that. Because now he's gonna get used to that. Now then later on in the future, he's not gonna wanna tell me anything. Right. So let me listen. Regardless of what he's have this, and a lot of times it's not even really important. It's just something about a show or a toy or something he wants. I mean, sometimes it may be important. He might be like, Daddy, my stomach hurt, or something, you know what I'm saying? But you'll never know if you just shut them out and shut them down. Right. And if you try to go back later on, it's gonna be like, well, I don't want to talk about it now. I forgot. Never mind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. I always just listen to him. I ask him questions. I just I talk to him, man, because I didn't have that when I was a kid. My mom ain't really. I mean, she talked to me, but it wasn't really how I wanted to be talked to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She didn't. I didn't. She didn't. She had that motherly love, but she didn't have the fatherly love. Like she didn't have the type of advice that I needed. Mm. And especially when I got old and it came to like sex and girls and stuff like that, man, it was bad. I had to learn from other sources, man. And it's just <laughs> it's always good to have a man around, man. For real. Mm. A man you could trust. Yeah. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Because I've had I had I had male friends who were older and who did not set good examples. Had me doing stuff that I should had not been doing. So you gotta keep that in mind too. You gotta have the right person, the right people around you. Just because they're older than you and it's your older cousin, your big brother, that don't really mean they got the best interests at heart. Yeah, that, and they don't mean that they can answer your whys either, because I've had them struggles. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they'll, I mean, sometimes they'll set you up and get you in trouble just so they don't get in trouble. And there you go. <laughs> Been there before. I there know. you go. All right, so let's get into this um, article that we're going over. So um, part of what I do is... I really empower students to, you know, change their mindset when it comes to education, 
and also making sure that they are self-aware of their own abilities. So I created a program called the ACCs, which stands for Attitude, Confidence, and Character. And this was a system that I built for them to learn over time. So like when they get their portal that I you know, teach on or whatever the case may be, they are doing things weekly and then they have to wait for the results. So prime example would be, what is the attitudes in your classroom? So compared to yourself. So like, how do other students act versus how you act? And then we'll do like a conversation or have something to the point where just sit back and watch like how you treat your teacher, yourself, how students treat your teacher on a daily basis, you know, what is the, the overall lesson that you, you know, are trying to learn in class? You know, how are students in your school treating each other? How are you treating students in the school? You know, just having an open mindset to being alert and just paying attention to what's around you. So when we go back to that lesson a week later or two weeks later or however long, the trial may run, you know, then you have more information from them to jot down ways of, hey, you know, would this happen in class? So we'll talk about, you know, this student who came into the classroom with headphones on, the teacher had to tell them two or three times to stop disrupting, take your headphones off, you know, how could that situation have been different? Mm -hmm. So it's before you get to the door or before you get to class, make sure that your phone is put away or your phone is on silent or your headphones are off and they're around your neck or you're in your pocket and you come in the classroom you say hi to your teacher respectfully you go to your seat and you sit down and the thing you will find out is most of these kids they want to be told what to do they need to be led they want to be led they crave for this this is not something that, you know, just comes out of thin air. They want to be told what to do, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's just that people are not giving them the right perspective or looking at it from their level or trying to make it make sense on their, uh, you know, wavelength. Because you have students who will tell you every single day, I don't like school. School is boring. So it's like, okay, well, why? Oh, because we don't do this in this class and I think we should do more or I think that the other students need to catch up. So it's always something different. And the reason I started all of this, because I wanted people to create an individualized plan for themselves, not just a program, a curriculum, a structure. It is something that's to be learned over time from experiencing things while you're in school. So running back to the pandemic, this is where <laughs> everyone started to see what I was doing made sense on paper. So beforehand, when I used to tell people, oh, well, you know, I'm doing mentoring from K through 12, the first response would be like, well, how are you doing that? How are you getting them to sit down for this? How are you doing X, Y, and Z? How are they sitting in front of a computer? I'm like, you're not sitting in front of a computer. You could do this from your phone, 
from the app. You could do this from a computer, an iPad. Most of these kids are on this all day long. Yep. So Whether it's an Apple or Android, they got some type of device in their hand. They want to, they need to be fed information that's going to help them grow, not you know, put them in a bad light or make them feel a certain way or have all these insecurities come out. So make them think they gotta keep up with everybody to be cool. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. So social media is a very dark place, man. Yeah. And it's it's a good side and a bad side, just like everything in life. There's always good, there's always a bad. That's true. But the exposure based on age. Yeah. I think the bad far outweighs the good. Right. It really needs to cut down on the stuff that they see. Right. I feel like I'm having deja vu right now. I mean, but it's hard to it's hard to uh it's hard to shelter these days. It's very hard. Cause I be I'm I mean I ain't gonna lie and I'm and I'm probably making a mistake, but I try to shelter my son. I don't want him exposed to none of the stuff I was as as a kid with his age, son. My mother used to let me watch rated R movies. Mm. At his age, I was watching Hell Night, Scream. Well, we did the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> it's kind of like I didn't know what certain things were mm. until I saw it in a rated R movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I try not to let him watch those things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I want him to learn it from me. Right. Like I don't want him to hear it from somewhere else. Right. Um, but YouTube is kicking my butt. I'm sorry. He be on YouTube, you know what I'm saying, and and I and I monitor what he's watching and what he's listening to, but it's just like, dang man, like I gotta be a whole YouTube dad now, like you know what I'm saying. I gotta try to keep up with what they got going on. You know what I'm saying? Right. And well, maybe he'll start watching you now because you'll be on YouTube. Yeah, that too. Yeah, because he be one. I mean, he want to record. He want to do uh he want to be a YouTube personality, but I'm just like, man, you have no idea what this world is like. Like, right. He sees the videos and think it's just fun and games. I was like, dude, you have no idea what those people are going through. Mm-hmm. Like, I had I had to do some deep down digging. So there's this couple that he likes to watch. Uh the little boy, his name is Super Saiya. Oh, I've seen that one, yeah. So his parents, Billy and Eva, mm-hmm. did prison time for, oh, for fraud, bank fraud. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't tell him he couldn't watch. I didn't stop him from watching, but. Right. I didn't know that one. Yeah, so, I mean, and the reason why I continue to let him watch it was because dad was dropping jewels you know what i'm saying he was they didn't hide or lie about the situation mm-hmm. um i mean he didn't come out and say his wife was in prison he just said he she was away for a while on vacation but mm-hmm. even people that are old enough to interpret know what's going right. on you know what i'm saying especially when you google 
and you actually read what's going <laughs> on with them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he, the boy, um, Super Sire, put a song out about missing his mother. Mm. And that's how I got wind of it. I was like, well, where's his mom at? Like, what's going on? And then when I went back to watch more videos, I noticed that, okay, so the father's gone now. So they both had to serve a year. Wow. So the father did, I think the father did his year first, and then the mom did her year second. Oh, what? I think either way it went, they both had to serve a year. And yeah. they, I guess they worked it out to where as they weren't both gone from the kids for the whole year. Mm -hmm. He let the father do his time, and then he came home, and then mom went and did her time. Right. But I was just like, it just made me realize, like, man, it don't matter who you are, what type of financial status you got. Like, we all have real problems. Yeah. Like, we all oh, yeah, and experience some of the same things, and it's just like we really just have to keep our youth close. Because we don't know what they're being exposed to half the time when we ain't around. Mm -hmm. And we got to make sure we talk to them so they can understand, like, you know, just because they're having this problem, it's not going to automatically mean you're going to have this problem. But if you stay disciplined and you make the right choices, you won't have to worry about none of that. Yeah, sure. But I think we live in that society now. Like, e I put it as easy money. People will take a risk, a major risk mm -hmm. for money. But I'm just like, that's a temporary situation. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to get this money or, yeah, you got this money in a bad way. But what is the consequence to that? Right. And that's what a lot of these kids today, they don't they don't even know what consequences are, mm -mm. to be honest. They're not even scared of consequences. No. They know that they do what they do. Someone's going to scream at them, and that's it. This yeah. is it. Yeah. They don't know. This they is they don't have any type of fear of death or jail. No. 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 None. None at all. And it, it's it's truly baffling that you could be that young and not scared of that mm -hmm. situation of dying, like. To die young is something that's kind of glorified. And it's kind of, it's a little bit morbid because mm -hmm. these kids are really into that. Like you're a legend. I, mean, I used to uh I used to run across Sutland uh Road and Silver Hill Road on a green light. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Just because I was like, man, I'm fast enough, I can make it across until one day my ass got hit. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> really great. Yeah, great. I got hit running across to the road. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought I was this fast guy. I could just shoot. So, I had to learn my lesson, man. So, at first, I was just like, man, I ain't scared of these cars. I ain't scared of getting hit until I felt what it felt like to get hit. I learned mm -hmm. my lesson. And you've never caught me outside of a crosswalk crossing on green no more. Wow. You know so saying? how did you get hurt? Got a scar on my arm from from ain't went away. Oh this is the only thing. 
had a this was bleeding real bad. Um, I don't know. I was I went across the street and my friend was behind me. He said he tried to grab me, but it said it like I tackled the car and I was like on the windshield and then I like slid down the hood of the car and onto the ground. I blacked out for like a few seconds and I hopped right up. Like I made a play. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Cutting school. Cutting school. Uh, see, wrong place, wrong time. Exactly. I was supposed to be at school. I was supposed wrong to be at place, school. Wrong time. Yep. Supposed to be at school. So that's a lesson. You know what I'm saying? It's a lesson. Yeah. It's always a lesson to be learned, but sometimes you don't have to learn that lesson. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that happened to me, actually, me and my cousin brother. Um <laughs> we were leaving Suitland one day. We wanted to go home early. I don't know what time we went home, but I don't think it was lunchtime. I think it was a little bit later. Like, we wanted to leave for last period or something like that. But mm-hmm. I was a senior. He was a junior. So, you know, it, it was not going to hurt me to do anything. Mm-hmm. So we left, and we passed, like, where the McDonald's is on the left-hand side, but we was on the right-hand side mm-hmm. going towards, um, Lord, what is it? Going to the uh, yeah, yeah. where the shopping center is at, whatever light that is. I forget the road. Is it Susan Road? No, yeah, you, straight. It goes yeah. to the right of where them shopping centers used to be at and the post office. That's Susan Road. Okay, so we was going that way. You, know, so you were going to Homer Avenue. Right. We was going yeah. that way, and this man just darted across the street and like when I look back in the rearview mirror, because he was driving, mm. the guy was like, and I ain't paying no mind. Next thing I know, we get all the way down past the post office, about to go down towards Shady Side, mm. and then woo, pulled us over in a Crown Vic, like a blue unmarked car. Mm. And he was like, he got out of the car, he was so pissed, he was like, y'all didn't see me. You almost ran me over, da da. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. My cousin's driver's seat. I'm on the in the passenger seat. And I'm like, whoa, I'm pulling my cousin this way because I don't know what he about to do. Grab him or what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, first of all, sir, you ran across the street. We didn't know who you was. Right. And he's talking about uh it doesn't matter. Um, I'm an officer of the law. I said, sir, you don't have on a uniform. About to say he, he had, had a uniform or a badge? No, he had on a, a like a construction type vest. Oh wow! Looking like, I'm, I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, dude, you have on a construction type vest. How do we know you the police? You're a police officer. Right. This doesn't even make sense. And he was like, "Oh, y'all tried to run this to that." I, said, I, I laugh when people say dumb stuff. I was like, "Sir." <laughs> What you? I said we ran. I said, sir, do you really think that this Ford Explorer can outrun a Crown Vic? Nah. With nah. a kit on it, because you got a kit, because there was no way that you came to us this quick when we almost halfway to the house. And he was like, he. I mean, he was upset. He was like, oh, you're supposed to be in school. I'm going to give you a ticket. So I don't know if it was something planned that the police had to look out for us that was leaving soon or whatever. But it just happened too fast. But I'm like, why would he run across the street? So we had to go to court and everything for this man who ran across the street 
that did not identify himself that he was police officer, no uniform, no nothing. So that's why I say it's crazy when you talking about you ran across the street. <laughs> this man just ran out of nowhere. And I'm like, I'm thinking he a regular person. So we could have hit him and not even knew what was going on. But and again, we wouldn't have really been wrong, but we was at what? The wrong place at the wrong, wrong time. If we was in school, it would have never happened. Yeah. So what did your mother say? Because you was you was out of school when you got hit. So my mother wasn't at home. My mother was wherever she was with her boyfriend. My mother didn't know until the next day. Until she came home and saw my I had all I had like had like 50 band-aids and shit on my arm. You know what I'm saying? She didn't know. Like I was, I mean, I didn't. She I didn't look game for football, so you never told her? No, I told her what happened the oh. next day. <laughs> like, she never, she didn't come home that day. And I didn't call him, like, yeah, I got hit by a car. I wanted to go home and do whatever it was I was cutting school to go do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the next day when she came home, she saw it and was like, what the hell happened? And I was like, I got hit by a car. And that's when she was like, what? Well, why are you in? Like, you wasn't here. I mean, like. Oh, and I had a lot of, I had a lot of, I, I was left unsupervised a lot because she had to go to work. She had to work. You know what I'm saying? So I learned at an early age how to break stuff and how to fix it back. Mm. Like I, I had to, I mean, I had to grow up. Like I was, my sister was born when I was like 10. Mm. No, I was like nine. And I think my mom and stepdad had split up by the time I was, 11 my sister might have been like two when they split up mm. so i automatically had to step in and be dad i had to change diapers and do hair and you know what i'm saying pick her up from school take her to school so i was doing all this stuff on public transportation why so i lost out on my childhood like after like the age of i say the ages between 11 and 13 and i ain't really had no childhood and then it's like when I turned 13, that's when like the big rebellion started. That's when everything is, you know what I'm saying? Jail, you know, smoking, fornication, it's just everything just went up. Like, all right, you know what I'm saying? But you were still in Atlanta at this time, right? Yeah. 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 Still in Atlanta at this time. Um, actually didn't come to Maryland until my junior year in high school. Okay. But before then, I had been kicked out of schools because of gang violence and things of that nature. Yeah, I remember because you, you were a little rough when you first came. We was like, <laughs> we was like, oh, he's definitely not from here. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely was rough around the edges, man. Definitely, definitely, man. I had to, I had to learn how to fit in. I mean, and I ain't really had no problems, like. I had problems at my previous schools because mm. of my affiliations. But when I came to Sulin, it was like none of that shit existed. I'm sorry. Mm. None of this stuff existed. I'm sorry. Mm. But yeah, there was no, I mean, there was like the gas station click and like, you know, Capitol Heights and District Heights. You remember that gas station crew? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, there were no like Crips or Bloods or folks. You know what I'm saying? So there was really nobody for me to beef with. You know what I'm saying? Right. So 
when I came to Sudan, it was just like, well, I'm going to play football. And, you know, I'm going to try to go to college. But I'm about to see what's up with all these girls in here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you came with other things on your mind. Yeah, because they told me when I when I first came here, they said that I only needed a credit and a half to graduate. Because every wow. class that I took in Atlanta Public School was basically worth two credits to PG County. And I was just like, dang. like. And that's a lot of schools in the South compared to us. And yeah, but I thought the standards would be mm-hmm. equal. You know what I'm saying? The standards here are very lackadaisical. And I was just like, I don't know about now, but then it's even worse now. You know what I'm saying? Then I didn't need it. I, I needed I needed like a math class or something to graduate. Or mm-hmm. or it was either math or social studies or something. But I know I ended up my senior year, my whole schedule was electives. I just had to be there because I was on the team. I was just like, yeah, some bullshit. But I still did things I wasn't supposed to do. Mm. And that's because I didn't have a man there to say, well, no, you shouldn't do that. Or I'm just going to stop you from doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like Lynch could only do but so much while I was in school. Mm. Or he heard that I was cutting school. Because there's been times where my dumb self went to Wendy's with my football jersey on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't walked out to school with my football jersey on and went to 7-Eleven. Great. I went to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? And I come back and this man waiting for me at the door. I think I remember some of those days. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, had I had this type of tough love at home, man, I feel like, man, I probably would have way better off, man. But I guess that just wasn't meant to be because had that happened, I probably wouldn't be right here right now. Right. Doing what I'm trying to do. So everybody can't, you know, have the you know the straight and narrow crystal stare. You know what I mean? Every, you know, everybody gotta go through something, man. Everybody come out. How they come out? Yeah, this life is definitely meant to be experienced, and you know, can't regret it because it made you who you are today. Yeah, man. and it's a a huge learning experience. Sometimes it takes a while, take years. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's not, but they say it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is, and it's going to continue to be a marathon to the end. Yes, sir. All right. So the article that we get into is a form of resistance. More black families are choosing to homeschool their children. So this article came out on Wednesday, March 1st from CNN. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this is a struggle for a lot of African-American families, I guess, pretty much anywhere who don't have the support. Like how you say, what one of my friends that I interviewed before, he said something. He was unsupervised by you. I had to go back to his dad on interview. But he was like, he was a, a lock and key kid or something like that. And I was like, what is that? And he's from Atlanta. He's from uh, Cleveland Avenue. 
he was like, I was a lock and key kid, and this is that and the third. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? He was like, yeah, when I got home, I had to lock the door and be in the house by myself until mm -hmm. my mother came home. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Oh, I had to walk myself to school and walk myself back home. And I wasn't allowed to play outside until she got home. But because mm -hmm. she didn't get home to like six or seven o'clock, I wasn't getting no outside playtime. Mm. So because I didn't have supervision, I didn't have nobody stopping me from going outside to play. So you went anyway. I went anyway. And that's around the time where the guy, uh, I can't call his name right now. Dang, what's his name? But he was snatching kids in Atlanta. Uh, was snatching kids? Yeah, I can't call his name right now. His name is sitting on the top of my tongue. But if you go back and do a Google search, like, I want to say his name was Wayne Williams or something like that. But he was abducting and killing kids. I mean, they trying to say it wasn't really him. It was somebody else. He was just a fall guy. But back in that time, like the uh, wow. mid-90s. Yeah, go look it up. When you have time, Wayne Williams. I think his name was Wayne Williams. He was... Yeah. Um, we can we can run that one back. We need we need an extensive one on that. Yeah, because, I mean, that was before... I mean, I'm pretty sure human trafficking isn't new, mm. but that was before it was on a a, a national level. Yeah, like when people, people were really when people paying attention to now. It was just as bad back then. Yeah, yep. Wayne Williams, I think his name was. He was getting kids, man. Um, mm. He was this one guy. Um. Sometimes when I walk back and forth to school, there was this one guy who used to run out of the woods and chase us. He ain't never catch nobody that was with me. <laughs> but what? yeah, man, it's crazy. Back in west side of Atlanta, man. This was um I was going to uh Peyton Forest Elementary School at the time off MLK. Yep, walking to school. Yeah. I was in like first grade, um, second grade, something like that. But yeah. My mother switched. We switched schools. Uh, we was living in another area, and then we moved and switched schools. And um, after that first grade year, I guess something happened. I think he did end up catching a kid in that part, and that's when I guess she switched her job. After first grade, it was no more going to school by myself. After first grade, mm. more coming in by myself after first grade, because I think. I don't know if that guy was the Mark, the Wayne Williams dude. I don't know if that was him or not, but I guess it had done got out on the news that this guy was taking kids, and you know she quit the job and found something else. Wow! But yeah, man, I got into a lot of trouble by myself, man, doing a lot of stuff, man. And if it wasn't for like, there was this maintenance man that always looked out for me. You know what I'm saying? One day I was like hanging out the window or some stupid stuff, man. I was doing something I had no business doing. And he ran up and he was like, hey, what you doing? You better stop doing that for you hurt yourself. I ain't never do that stuff no more. Mm. And then like, I guess one day he said something to my mom. So like every day after that, I would always see him in the building. Like around time to get out of school, he'd be around the building. You know what I'm saying? And I just go in the house 
And I knew he was watching, so I was like, I can't do nothing out of pocket because he's gonna tell on me. <laughs> so like every day after that, I'm going to the house, and my mother always said, You go in the house, you lock the door, don't open the door for nobody. Mm. Like, man, all right. Yeah. So now, man, so it's now it's like I don't really let my son go nowhere without me. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't play that. Unsupervised. Mm. This is the most unsupervision he gets is when I'm in my room and he's in the other room. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I could hear what's going on. I could walk right out there and see what's going on. I got a camera out there, but I disconnect it when he's there. Because I don't whenever I have people here, I disconnect my camera because I don't want them to think I'm watching them. <laughs> I just use it for security. So if I'm not here, it's plugged in. But if I have people in my house, I unplug it. Because I can hear and see everything. And then it records everything too. So I just unplug it. That's what's up. So the article, um, did you get a chance to read the homeschool one? Yeah, I got it right here. I got it. Um, I got it pulled up. It's been pulled up. I've been kind of going through it. Um, my, I don't, I don't, I'm not really much of an educator, so I don't, I don't really know. I wouldn't really know the pros and cons of homeschool. I thought home. So what I thought homeschool was, I thought homeschool was you stayed at home and did school, but I thought you had like a real teacher mm. come to your house. In some case, not well, not come to your house. In some cases, you do have a real teacher. They're just virtual, right? But where, but where is is the teacher at though? Is it teacher somebody who's home freelancing or they certified by the board of education like yeah those they're certified educators they just you know they're on a contract or they are they have their own business and they do consulting and stuff like that or they work with different online uh schools that provide homeschooling and they it's basically like how it was during the pandemic everything is virtual just like how some of the college students started doing virtual but that's what i'm bringing my point back to is we once lived in a world where none of that was looked at mm -hmm. and when i first started my own project i started it virtually due to time there was a lot of issues with single mothers saying oh i can't get them to the meeting on time um, you know, I'm just now getting off work. You know, I can't pick them up at a certain time because I'll get off work late. So all these different issues that people were coming up with, of course, everybody's going to have something different. So I got tired of all the excuses and they may sound like excuses to me, but I had to actually really sit down and think about mm -hmm. what the actual problem was and what I could do to solve it. So Stand the first, in the gap. huh? Stand in the gap. Yeah. So the first thing before all of that was I wanted to stay connected to my younger cousins and you know my younger family members at the time. My nieces and nephews, they were, you know, either not here yet or young, young. Mm -hmm. So there were other kids that I wanted to, you know, make sure that I looked behind or watch what they were doing or make sure that they're actively involved and they will tell you i've seen you 